Hello, college football fans, and welcome to episode 23 of College Football Throwdown. I am your co-host, Alex Schmitz, and today I'm joined by my dad, Peter Schmitz. Hi there. All right. Uh, yes, we are here today to talk about our great team, uh, or our beloved team, maybe we shouldn't say great team, uh, the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Um, we're going to be talking about the Purdue game this week and previewing the upcoming uh, Michigan State game. And for those of you who haven't listened to us before, but this is College Football Throwdown, we are a father-son duo that got together to do this college football, podca- college football podcast, bleh, that is uh, by college football fans for college football fans. We talk about national topics on our nationally focused podcast as well as our weekly introspections on the Cornhuskers. And um, this week was the Purdue game. Um, I was watching this one on uh, ESPN on their app, on uh, or watch ESPN, I guess I should say, on my computer. And you were at work, so you were kind of half following the game. Uh, but I ended up uh, giving up in the third quarter. I'm a little ashamed to say it, but I just couldn't watch it anymore after we threw another interception. Yes. Well, you know the the, the bottom line is is uh, we uh, the, we're we're sounding a little bit like a broken record at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there there are okay. Let's let's start with some uh, positives, okay? Um, well, maybe I need to open my beverage first before I have to ah. listen to this. Here we go. <laughs> oh, okay. that was a good one. There you go. It's <laughs> our tradition after all. Yeah. Um, okay, so I, I remember like in the – this kind of changed later on, especially once we let that their quarterback get off that big run that got them their first touchdown. Um, but they were talking about how like we were holding them like we were doing pretty good in our running game or uh, defensively stopping their running game I should say early on and we showed some uh, some grit in that we we were actually calling run plays consistently and getting you know four fourish yards you know on a number of them you know so getting first downs that kind of marched us down and then we got stopped and we kicked that first field goal I think but there were some there was some signs near the beginning of that game that we were showing an improvement in that regard uh then that kind of dissipated later on in the game obviously um but there were two two strong points early for our team at least yes uh well and and the the bottom line alex is is that you know until this game you know the, you could you could have made a bunch of excuses a series of excuses for why Nebraska had lost a lot of the previous games. This was an inexcusable loss. This was the first one where you really point at it and you say, um, boy, you know, the, in this case, Nebraska just flat out under underachieved. They, they didn't show up to play their A game at all, and, uh, and it just was awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, uh, I mean, there's just no excuse. Yeah, I mean, talk, uh, in the – if you look at our previous five losses before that one, we lost those five games by a total number of uh, 13 points collectively between all five of those losses. It was just 13 points right. that separate us from victory. You know, so, I mean, we really, every single game, you know, we were competitive. Now, this is closest in comparison to the Miami game because in the Miami game, I also kind of gave up because we were looking so bad in the third quarter. But then we pulled ourselves out of it a bit and had that crazy run. Uh, we didn't quite have that here. 
Um, but the other positive I wanted to talk about was that, uh, and this might, I haven't actually watched the fourth quarter of the game at all, honestly. Um, so this might be more a bit of a, you know, their defense kind of slowing down a little bit because they kind of thought they had the game in the bag. Um, but we kept scoring points throughout the game, you know, and it ended up only being a 10-point deficit. Uh, so we were moving the ball against them. Uh, and if we didn't have five freaking turnovers, we would have won that game probably without too much of a issue. It wouldn't have been... I mean, I'm not saying we would have dominated, but we wouldn't. It wouldn't have been, you know, we could have won by 10 or 14 points or something like that, you know. But it's hard to win against any team, no matter how uh, different the difference gap, how much of a gap there is in talent when you're minus five in turnovers. That that's absolutely true. You just don't win games like that. But the 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 issue that we have to recognize is why did we put our first time starter walk-on quarterback why did we put him in this in that situation you know that's those are some of the fundamentals uh, that that keep coming back over and over again and i think i have to finally i've come to the, the conclusion and the, and the recognition that that this offensive coordinator that we have that's calling the plays uh does not know how to establish and and remain committed to a running game his background where he is comfortable is in throwing the football Mm -hmm. and so we're not going to get what we desire from him unless and until we have such a uh, a dominant running game that that he's compelled to do it by virtue of that and and so you know when are we going to get to that point i i don't know although Um, here's here's two points i would say uh one I don't have a problem with us starting the game as Riker Fife as our QB because, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's the, besides Armstrong, he's the other quarterback on the team with the most experience in terms of how long he's been with the oh, team absolutely. and yep. games played and all that. So I think it makes sense for him to be out there at the beginning of the game. Now, after he's thrown like his third inner, you know, second pick or third turnover or whatever, you know, that might be the point where you try to switch it out to see if, you know, the other guy can make something happen. I don't know why we... Uh, another another criticism I would have of the coaching staff. For whatever reasons, they are unwilling to to roll the dice and at least give another player a chance. If the guy who you've chosen as your starter isn't getting it done, uh, you need to be willing to go to the next man up and give them a try, even if you know from your eyes during practice that this guy was supposed to be better. There are There is an absolutely a difference between people who rise up on game day and people who are better practice players but, but don't tend to demonstrate that same capability you know, on game day, and we have to recognize that. And right now I don't get a sense that our coaches even con, uh, con- concede that that can happen. You know, they seem to be hell bent on and with the guys that that they think they have evaluated in, in, in practice are the, the, the best players. You know, when you, when your offensive guards getting his ass blown up every play, you 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 go to the next guy, even if you don't think he's as good in the hopes that maybe he'll rise to the occasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other point I was going to make in defense is that, well, uh, 
we've harped on this a million times on the podcast, and I absolutely agree with you that we need to have more of a commitment to the running game. The fact that Langensdorf is so ridiculously focused on it, the passing game is a detriment to our team. Um, but we did, I mean, we were having success throwing the football against them. We had over like 407 passing yards, Riker Fife oh. did, or something uh. like that. So, you know, I mean, we were we were getting some drives. You know, when you look at the, when I actually looked at the stats afterwards, we had 28 first downs, they had 20. We had 484 total yards, they had 457. Uh, our times of possession were pretty much identical, 29 minutes to 30 minutes. Uh, we had about the same amount of penalties, you know. So, I mean, really, we were with them or better than them in pretty much all the stats, except for turnovers, obviously. And obviously, Fife threw some atrocious balls that led to those interceptions. Uh, but in uh, in other in other drives, I mean, he was having success throwing the football. So I can kind of underse- understand why they would continue working with what was working in terms of passing it. Now, I don't necessarily think Fife should have stayed in the game after he turned the ball over that many times. Okay, so so what does the coaching staff do? At, at some point, you're agreeing with me then that, that one of the keys here is you've got to be willing to uh, give it a go and make it make a change, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. that's the key. Well, and it doesn't certainly doesn't help that we lost, you know, Two of our best players in Pearsonell yeah. and is is Newby uh, legit don't, injured? Don't don't know what his situation is, and also um, um, Westerkamp. That's right. Well, and he 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 came, came back. back. He came back out on the field, but but the question is 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 he, is he going to be gimpy? You know, the rest of the season type of deal. So we'll see, we'll see. But bottom line is is that uh, we have to recognize that this is a full blown you know, um, uh, transition at this point that we can no longer concede that this was going to be some slight, uh, uh transition and that we were going to be able to take advantage, uh, effectively of the talent that we had on the team because our, our coaching staff has shown an inability to do that. So now we have to pretty much wait until they get their kinds of players and see if after the loyalty issues that might, that might be uh, a part of the issue here, relative to, uh, you know, Bo Pelini's players maybe not fully buying in, combined with uh, their scheme and concept versus uh, what those players that are currently on the roster are capable of, you combine those two things, and what what is the status going to be, you know? Right. So yep. we'll see. Yep. You, uh, we should probably talk about this. You had forwarded me an email uh, last week after the podcast from a discussion, something one of the guys on one of the Husker forums had posted from a conversation he had with an anonymous player who he didn't reveal who that was, but somebody on the team who was talking about how, in his perception, uh, Bo was Bo's staff was a little bit more like played favorites a little bit, whereas he found that uh, Riley's staff had done a better job of trying to spread the wealth, as it were, and were just teaching them better fundamentals and practice, and that yeah, that, that there was this a small number of players on the team who maybe were a little more allied with Bo and weren't playing, given that they're all, but that he was on board with Riley 100% and said, we're just, we're working through it right now. I know we're struggling, but we're close. You know, that was kind of his message. And that did give me some hope in terms of the fact that, you know, this coaching staff, uh, it, I mean, it, they, 
we have shown improvements in the many areas from where we were in game one to where we are now, certainly. Well, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, I'm questioning whether we'll win another game uh, uh, this season. Um, uh, and, you know, pretty much all of the goals that we had, including even winning season, uh, maybe getting to a bowl game, those are all pretty much out unless we pull a rabbit out of a hat and win this weekend against Michigan State and then proceed to beat Rutgers and Iowa as well. Then we would be 6-6. Six and six. Uh, But that the likelihood <laughs> yeah. of that happening is is slim and none. And so we're looking at a season without a, without the benefit of the extra 15 or 20 days of practice before a bowl game, uh, which doesn't help you build, you know, additional skills and, and such. And, uh, but, uh, you know, this is a, a season that tragically just needs to come to an end and we just move on, uh, clean the slate and hope that by, you know, the beginning of next season, either, uh, you know, Tommy and some of the other players have, have developed enough of an understanding of what the coaches are wanting to accomplish and being able to do it physically or not, you know, I mean, it's just crazy. So, uh, but, but bottom line is that was a devastating loss to, to, to observe. Um, and I'm very disappointed, um, that it's come down to this, but at this point, I think as a Nebraska fan, you have to accept it, recognize that, you know, screaming and hollering and, you know, clamoring for change at this point is not, a good idea yeah i mean in terms of i feel like at this point uh four and eight would be you know i think we're capable of that because I, I mean we're not beating michigan state and i doubt that if especially if you know kind of has we'll have to see how iowa does but given that they're undefeated at the moment and the clear winner of our division i don't think we're gonna uh beat them either um so my best hope is that we uh don't get ourselves blown out by either of those two teams, and then we find it in ourselves to beat Rutgers, which would bring us to four and eight. Right. Yeah, and the, there was this, another thing I thought I had. I was just when I was looking through the all the teams, um, like the week uh, week nine, I guess it was week nine games uh, for all the top twenty five teams for our uh, national podcast that we have next. Um, but I noticed a lot of them have only played like eight games. You know, a lot of them have had a bye at, by this point in the season, and we have not. I think we're unusual in that regard. Um, so we, are. we we have a very, very late bye. Yeah. So I and I I'm not going to say that that's like a you know having a bye week would be a decisive factor in us like winning one of these games necessarily. But I do think there's something to the what how our team could have been benefited by having like a bye after one of those losses to kind of reconstitute ourselves a little bit instead of having to constantly be looking forward and not having that moment to look in on the team, you know? Right. Well, and, and so, you know, it's just another, another little detail in the, in the whole makeup of, uh, you know, our, um, our season and, and what has caused this set of circumstance to, to occur. But bottom line is, is that as a, as Nebraska fans, we, need to uh you know um just look to the future and 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 hope that we can continue to get better and build on something for the remainder of this season so that we have something to look forward to uh for next year because i still think we have quite a bit of talent you know and i don't think anybody on the team is leaving for the pros early we may see some talented players leave the team uh just because from a 
I, I think there's clearly some people who are not fully engaged, not fully um, bought in to what, what's going on. And I think Riley needs to seriously look at his staff and ask himself the question, do I really have the guys that are going to help me to get um, you know, where we want to go? And, and there might be a need for one or two of those uh, you know, staff members to maybe take it on down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think no matter what, there needs to be some serious, uh, you know, considerations about what what needs to be changed, you know, over the uh, over the off season. Because if Riley doesn't uh, doesn't change anything and thinks that you know it's just we need more time to implement the system, you know, maybe that would work. But I I feel like there's uh, you don't have this type of season with without there being something deeper wrong right right well and and i i just uh, i think he needs to do some soul searching himself does he really uh, you know can he uh, come to the realization that i think a lot of a lot of the fans and the nebraska faithful have which is that he needs to find a way in his philosophy to increase his commitment to the running game uh and whether he has that by having a heart-to-heart conversation with his current athletic director or whether he has a, uh, uh, a decision uh, on his own to, to, to maybe move in a different direction with that position, with the athletic director, I mean, with the uh, offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. you know? Because, yeah. so, I mean, what, what he's got moving forward, if he, if he thinks that, you know, throwing the football 65 70% of the time is going to be the way to go, then uh, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and uh, and one one final message, I guess, to the Cornhuskers listening out there. You know, I know we're all talking about looking at the next season because we don't have really have a choice at this point. You know, there's not a lot to salvage here because we're not going bowling, pretty much, unless like you'd say we pull off some sort of crazy miracle. Um, but at the same time, like I don't want to p- preach that like too hard because we gotta still you know watch the games and try to cheer on the team and stuff because if the team gets into that kind of philosophy too then we're gonna lose all three of these next games and i think we're capable of beating rutgers at the very least um and competing you know with iowa and michigan state and not getting blown out at the very least oh i agree i agree i i think yeah uh, i mean you know we're, we're certainly capable of of putting uh um uh, this a scare into michigan state we're capable of, of beating, um, you know, um, uh, Rutgers and Iowa. I don't. I still. I mean, you look at Iowa and who they've played and how they've played. You know, with the exception of their dominant win at Northwestern, there's no game that I've seen where I look at them and say, "Oh, they're way better than us." Mm-hmm. You know, uh, even with the Mornay personnel out. I mean, the Mornay's season has been basically not a non-factor for us and now he's gone for the year and uh my only hope is that DeMorne can can recover from his injuries and and be reasonably uh close to himself again uh, next year I, I question whether that'll be true uh, I think we're we I think it's going to be very hard for him to recover from those injuries and be the player that he was mm-hmm. in terms of his speed and everything right all so, right. bottom line, let's uh, let's do our predictions for this uh, upcoming yes. game against Michigan State. Oh yeah, um, I forget. We can go from there. Forgot to mention it. Um, we had predictions for the Purdue game last week. 
Um, I predicted a 28-21 victory, and you predicted a 35-21 victory, so you're both wrong. Woohoo! Yay! <laughs> it seems like that's pretty pretty regular this year, my son. <laughs> well, even when we predicted a victory and we won, we were usually off in terms of the score. I mean, well, sure, that's but... not unusual. <laughs> well, that's true. Um, okay, so yes, the Michigan State game. Um, I <laughs> I'm going to uh, I'm going to go in with hope here, and I'm going to predict that um, we lose. But I'm going to say that we perform. You know, uh, we we don't get blown out. You know, we put up a fight. You know, through like three quarters. You know, and then in the fourth quarter, maybe they pull away from us and show some domination. Um, so I'm going to say that. MSU beats us, let's say, 42 to, what would that be, 28. Okay, 42 to 28. That's that's not a blowout, but that's a sound victory. You know, uh, I would say I would hope for something similar to that as well. Uh, I hope that we're smart enough to run the football to basically shorten the game and because uh, you know, our, our, if we happen to have a couple of things good things go our way, like we get a turnover here or there, and we're able to stay close or even take a lead, uh, I think the critical thing will be uh, making the game short. So if these guys are smart enough, like I say, to start running the football more, we'll, that will do two things for us. It'll it'll keep us from getting blown out. It'll accelerate the game, uh, and uh, and it'll allow us to uh, protect uh, you know our quarterback a little bit more effectively so that uh, when we do choose to pass it, that he's maybe got a little easier, uh, you know, path uh, for for decision making. So uh, I'm going to say it's going to be a lower scoring game uh, for us, uh, and I'm I'm hopeful that we can slow them down a little bit. But they're coming off a bye week. They're as healthy as they've been all season. Their offensive line, which has been in shambles most of the year, is starting to re-emerge. I'm afraid that 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 my Worst nightmare is going to happen, and I think they're going to beat us by hanging half a hundred on us. So I'm going to predict a 55 to 21 victory for uh, uh, the visitors from Eastland. Yep, I mean that certainly is a possibility after showing last week. I mean, like like you say, you know, that's our first. The Purdue loss is our first truly bad loss. You know, the other ones have been frustrating and painful, certainly. Uh, but that's our first loss where we were truly like just inept, basically. Right. Well, and you and you questioned whether their effort was good enough, you know. Right. Well. Well, and I, I mean, and it's not an excuse, you know. But I mean, we were decimated by injuries at the beginning of the season, and now more recently, you know, if if Tommy's not playing, I would say my my score. Is uh, would be dependent on t- Tommy coming back reasonably healthy. I think if it's Riker, Fife, and or you know the guys behind him playing, I think our chances of having a solid uh, showing decrease for sure. Right, I would agree. I would agree. So it, it is what it is. So the, the message for Nebraska fans has got to be one of, of uh, looking longer term uh, while cheering for the guys and supporting the team and frankly the coaches because they are who they are for right now. And uh, and and we're going to have to support them, and it's better to do that and and see what happens. Give them a chance to recruit some of the players that they want, and let's see what happens. The, these coaches, 
this isn't their first rodeo. They've been here before. They they know what they're doing to a large extent. We might not agree with everything, but by golly, let's give them a chance to to put this thing together and let's go. All right. Well said. So if you all out there enjoyed this podcast, you can email us at huskerpeat13 at gmail.com. You can find us on footballthrowdown.podomatic.com. You can leave us uh, comments on that page or on the Podomatic app. And you can find us on iTunes. We're College uh, Football Throwdown on iTunes. (coughs) Sorry. Um, And uh, leave us ratings and reviews there. You know, we like hearing from you guys whenever possible. So uh, thank you for listening out there, Husker Nation. And forever and always, go Big Red. Go Big Red. <laughs>